This is Alumni Allowed, a podcast by Graduate Center students for Graduate Center students. In each episode, we talk with a GC graduate about their career path, the ins and outs of their current position, and the career advice they have for students. This series is sponsored by the Graduate Center's Office of Career Planning and Professional Development. I'm Abby Turner, a PhD candidate in educational psychology at the Graduate Center. I work in the Office of Career Planning and Professional Development, and I interviewed Alita, who earned her master's in Middle Eastern Studies. She currently works at Lebanese American University as Director of Communications and Media for North America. Today in the office, I have Alida Jibeli, who is Director of Communications and Media at Lebanese American University in New York. She's going to walk us through her career journey from actually the time she was doing undergrad at City College. She was in the nonprofit sector. She also did a master's in Middle Eastern Studies here at the Graduate Center and basically how she ended up at LAU. So hi, Alina. How are you? Hi, Abigail. Thank you for having me. Sure, sure. Um, So why don't you, you know, I tried to give a brief overview, but why don't you walk us through, why don't you start with City College? Because I feel like Mm -hmm. that's where your good professional experience starts. Mm -hmm. Sure. So I uh, was really interested in international relations, and so I chose international studies at the City College of New York. Um, And I was doing that for while I was working full-time, so I was doing it in the evenings. But then the last year, I really wanted to focus on making sure that I shifted to a career in the nonprofit world. And so I started uh, doing some internships uh, while I was also working and balancing my school schedule. Uh, And then I got a really good opportunity through uh, the study abroad office there to do an internship in Morocco with Amnesty International, which was a sort of fantastic experience. It really opened up my eyes and gave me that international experience that I really needed. And after that, I volunteered and did some other things in nonprofit just to have it on my resume so that it really complemented my educational background. And then I got the opportunity to work at UNICEF here in New York. I did internal communications there. And it, it worked well because I really like storytelling and I really, I come from a theater background. And so for me, that was really something that I would like doing and I believed in the mission of UNICEF. And from there, I transitioned into a nonprofit at the UN, international nonprofit called Religions for Peace. And I worked with youth there doing uh, program development, doing some development work as well as communications. So, and from there, I was there for five years I felt that I needed to move up a little bit in my career and a lot of times what that means is you either have to go back to school to get another degree, an advanced degree, or move on to another organization that you have more of a a upward mobility. And so I studied here at the Graduate Center for almost three years, uh, two and a half years, five semesters, and I got my master's in New York Middle Eastern Studies. And right after that, I started applying for um, other jobs, and I was lucky to get the job where, uh, that I have currently for the last two years, which is at Lebanese American University here in New York. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about the position that you currently hold? Like, what's a day in the life like for a director of communications and media? Yeah, it's definitely, it's, it's very, it never gets boring. You always have a lot of different things that you do. 
So I basically direct the communication strategy for North America for LEU. So for North, for the American audience of LEU. So what that means is um, I get to do uh, create a lot of content uh, when it comes to print publications, uh, like a newsletter that we do, a quarterly newsletter for North America. Uh, I also contribute to the university-wide magazine that we have. It's called LEU Magazine. I also write articles for the web. Um, I also do uh, social media. We also do like design work, you know, a uh, bit of editing, <laughs> a little bit of a, a, video, a videographer, a photographer. Uh, so it's, it's one of those jobs where you constantly are up on your toes, running around. Not a single day is ever the same. So you, know, you don't get bored. So I, I, really, I really like that and I really appreciate uh, the job that I have. And so how did the program here at the Graduate Center, the Master's in Middle Eastern, Near and Middle Eastern Studies, how did that prepare you for this position? Yeah, so I think a few things is that, you know, my personal background, you know, I'm Lebanese originally, ethnically, so I do speak the language, but I grew up in Sweden. And so uh, in Sweden, I went there as a refugee because there was the Lebanese Civil War. And so I was always sort of... uh, othered right so I was always like I was not I didn't belong and uh, there was always sort of this uh, feeling of displacement that occurred and so when I moved to the United States in 2003 it was you know post 9-11 and so again that narrative uh, this dominant narrative in, in the media and and in a lot of discourse was sort of stereotyping people from Muslim majority countries and I always felt that um, I didn't have the sort of tools to really dissect that and understand how I could contribute to a more positive image, you know, how I could be part of a paradigm shift when it comes to that, because it had real implications. A lot of this discourse had, you know, policy and practical uh uh, implications for a lot of people, for me, myself, on the individual level, but also on the communal level. And so I've always been interested in the Middle East, North Africa, my own personal time. Um, so when I started thinking about what did I really want to study, what did I really want to pursue, I felt that I wanted to educate myself to become a better person for myself in something that I was really interested and fascinated in learning about. And I thought at the same time that would help me become a better worker. And so my experience here at the Graduate Center was really formative uh, in the fact that it was, it taught me a deeper understanding of the historical context of a lot of this narrative. It taught me how to be better at navigating that. And so that was my primary reason why I did it. The fact that I ended up working uh, at Lebanese University was really kind of lucky. But I think I would have been the most happy applying to jobs that had some sort of an intercultural element to it, some sort of a social justice element, because that's always been something that I've cared about deeply and want to work on. Um, So yeah, that's basically... And what kind of what kind of skills did you get during your program that you're using right now? So a lot of the skills was you know like through you know taking these uh, classes in anthropology and you know, all these social sciences classes, 
helped me become a better writer. You know, it helped me become a better reader, being able to uh, really have critical thinking skills, analytical skills. Uh, that you know, you have, you have, you, you get a lot of those in life. Period. But I feel in the graduate school, it really immerses you into this. And, and to, you know, when you first start, it's very scary because there's a lot of you know, big words and a lot of, you know, things that you, a lot of um, people are supposed to know about that you don't. And so you always feel like you're like, you know, maybe not the smartest person in the room. But what that, what that does do to you is that it does elevate you after a few, you know, a period of time, if you don't give up, it does elevate you to a higher level of, of intellectual thinking. And so once you get to that level, it's very hard to, you know, ever, you know go back. So... I think that's really the treasure that I have from the Graduate Center and also being able to, uh, you know, the people that I was reading about, these like, you know, prominent figures in sociology and anthropology and history, uh, were also doing, you know, panel discussions here and they were holding talks and so seeing them as like real people was really, really great. You know, I had some great cultural events here that I still go to, so that was really good. The Career Center is really good here as well to help people with, you know, resume writing and uh, get advice. I would love to come back. <laughs> I never want to stop studying. Uh, so I still take literature classes here and there, but nothing formally. Oh, great. Cool. So most of your professional experience is in the nonprofit world. Uh, do you think you could give students some advice on, you know, why they might want to go into the nonprofit world? What are some benefits? What are some cons? You know, give us some insight into that. Absolutely. I think uh, there, there's definitely good, uh, there's positives and negatives about going into the nonprofit world. Um, I think the positives would be um, that you, you tend to do a lot of things that you wouldn't do in a corporate world because it's so specialized. So in the nonprofit world, you are expected to do a lot of things. Um, and wear a lot of hats. Like wear a lot of hats, yeah. yeah. You wear a lot of hats and you, you gain a lot of skills, hard skills that way. Um, for example, um, in my own personal experience, um, I was doing communication and program and development within the same position. And so that helped me navigate away from doing program to just doing communications because I did have partially that experience already. So I think that was a really good thing. It's also a good um, choice for you if you do want, if you really care intensely about uh, certain issues, you know, if you care about social justice, if you care about in your own small way contributing to the world, I think that's a really good choice for you. If you care about wanting to be in a multicultural sort of office environment because a lot of people are drawn to that as well there's a lot of different reasons I think negative and also sometimes really good are the benefits okay. you know the, the salary you know the you're not gonna profit a lot from a nonprofit, but they do have good usually like a good healthcare uh, package they do have a lot more comp time, you know, compensation time off if you're working extra hours, which happens a lot in nonprofit world. Like you have an event, you have to work in the evening or uh, weekend sometimes because we don't have a lot of bodies to cover certain tasks. Um, so you do have those little sort of cushiony things. But really the bad part is the fact that a lot of nonprofits uh, might not be 
managed well, you know, they're more, they're less likely to be inclined to innovative ideas as they are like in the tech world, for example, they're more likely to give you like flex hours or work remotely. Uh, whereas in the nonprofit world, they're much more rigid when it comes to that, much more bureaucratical. When it, uh, so that doesn't, I think, bode well for this type of society that we are heading towards. Uh, and also the fact that they don't compensate the workers well uh, when it comes to financially. So uh, not as competitive. It's not as competitive. Uh, so you end up, you know, having uh, a graduate degree and still making, you know, uh, a low income. And what that ends up happening is that a lot of people will then decide to move on. You know, especially if you live in a very uh, costly city like New York, it's a very expensive city, it's not realistic for you to to stay here, you know, work really long hours for you think is a good cause, but then you don't really see any of the benefits. I mean, it, this is an overall sort of more of a millennial sort of question, right? A lot of yeah. us come out with a lot of student debt, a lot more than previous generations, and then you get paid really low, and so it's like it really sort of gets to you, and you're trying to be a good moral person. It's like, what am I supposed to do? Do I want to go work for a greedy bank? You know, <laughs> uh, but what that means is that there is that that sort of uh, revolving door that ends up happening. Is you high ha- turnover? Yeah, so you end up so you end up in a lot of nonprofits. The entry level jobs are you know very young people fresh out of college, and then all the senior positions are you know in their 70s 80s and so everything in the middle is very sparse because what ends up happening are those people that end up going to the corporate world Mm -hmm. uh you know or or going getting an advanced degree which is what i did you know make some money and then they come back in their golden years when they're you know retiring and so forth so there there is that problem in the nonprofit world where there's a huge age gap Mm, um, that we have so, of course, like any other field, there's pros and cons. But at the end of the day, it depends on what you value more in the, in the moment and then in the long term. So for me, I chose the nonprofit world uh, being very idealistic, not thinking a lot about, you know, uh, making a lot of money, uh, but then sort of did really realize that I wanted to prioritize wanting to to do something for the betterment of the world. It's naive maybe, but uh, at the end of the day, you know, I felt that I I did the right choice. Well, I think a lot of our Graduate Center students are going to feel you on this one. (laughs) Um, We tend to be a university who values, you know, social justice issues. So I'm wondering for those students who know that the nonprofit sector is for them and they want to be involved in a mission, what kinds of things should students, whether PhD or master's degree students now, what kinds of things should they be doing in graduate school to prepare for that kind of workplace or that field? I definitely think they should volunteer at a lot of nonprofits just to get an idea, a sense of if this is even something that they want to do. Uh, because a lot of the skills that you learn at the graduate center or PhD programs here could be you know, translated in a lot of different fields. It doesn't necessarily have to be the nonprofit world. So they have to, I think, you know, dip their, their, their toes a little bit in the water. Volunteer or you know, intern if they can. 
a lot of people say sort of informational, you know, sort of meetings, you know, meeting up with people for coffee. And I don't think that that's a bad idea. If somebody emailed me who was, you know, young or still in school or struggling and don't really know, haven't figured things out, you know, I would love to just mentor them because we need mentors, all of us. So I think that would be good as well. But at, yeah, I think they should, don't wait until you're just about to graduate to look for a job because it takes a long time. It takes a long time to, because mm-hmm. you don't want to be in a position where you're so desperate you'll take anything, right? So you spend all this, all these years, you know, working really hard and sweating your guts out, you know, it's like just being anxious and stressed and all of this. You want to land in a place that you like, even if it's for the short term. At the end of the day, you, you're spending most of your waking hours in this, you know, mm-hmm. this environment. So I would suggest starting a year before, because most people, it does take between six to eight months to even, you know, get, get a position. And if you want a position that you really like, um, it, it takes at least a year. So, you know, just get ahead of, ahead of the curves. You have a few options. That Visit our office, too. Yeah, <laughs> for sure, <laughs> as much as possible. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you've had experience in different kinds of nonprofits. You've mm-hmm. mentioned UNICEF. You've mentioned the Religions for Peace program. Is that what it's called? Religions where, for Peace, yeah. Religions for Peace, where you worked with, like, a youth, as a youth program manager. Yeah. And, you know, now you're at a academic, what were you calling an academic center for the university in New York? Um, so... Maybe you can give us some advice about um, when do you know it's time to advance in your career and, and how do you handle that uh, when you're ready to you know, leave a place that maybe you've grown out of or maybe you've find, found something more attractive to you? Is that something you've had to figure out? Yeah, absolutely. I think any place you end up, it does take about two years, I would say, to get really good at it get comfortable with it, know the inner outs of it. it. It takes two years. After that, I don't think you should feel bad about shopping around and um, you know, seeing if there's other opportunities for you where you can you know, perhaps do something that you, you like even more. There's, there's, no, there's no limit anymore. In the world that we live in right now, you know, we're supposed to have a few different jobs and that's usually not seen as a bad thing to be able to, to switch positions and sometimes even switch completely to a completely different field. So, so I think you will know when you're ready and a lot of time what that means is you don't feel challenged anymore, you don't feel creative, you know, you feel stuck and you're just doing the job to pay your rent. And that's not a good feeling. You, you want to be in a place where you value the work that you do but you also feel valued. So yeah, so when that happens just start looking for something else and don't feel bad about about that, you know. And could these different, I imagine just, you know, corporate jobs, your nonprofits are going to have different cultures, yeah. like work environment cultures, and so yeah. you also have to consider the people you're working with. Would you say they vary a lot? Yeah, I think that's something that I probably should have mentioned before in the pros. I haven't worked, obviously, in the corporate world, so I can't speak to it. But what I do hear is much more sort of doggy dog, cutthroat sort of an environment mm-hmm. because it's so profit driven, it's so, you know, number statistics, you know, it's much easier for you to, you know, lose your job, you're you're very sort of dispensable. 
at least from the outside looking in, that's what it seems and what I've heard from friends who are in the for-profit world. In the nonprofit world, the people that are drawn to that sort of job do have that mentality somewhere along the way they decided that they, you know, balancing against the fact that they probably won't be making, you know, millions of dollars, that they want to do something good. So you have those type of people attracted to this type of field, usually people who care about the world or causes or issues, and that does translate into their personalities, the type of people. So you do tend to maybe, depending on the hierarchy, of course, and the structure, because I've worked in different places, but if the leadership values of a collaborative environment, um, it is more low-key in that sense. It is safer in a way, you know, when it comes to your job security, which we really should value more, <laughs> mm-hmm. especially with the erosion of unions and things like mm-hmm. that. Like we need to value the fact that if you're having a bad day or a, or a bad week, which everybody has to go through, that, you know, you're not going to get let go of that they value you as a human being. Yeah, that's great to hear. So in your organization now, do most people at the senior level, director level, do they hold advanced degrees? Is it important to go get your master's or maybe your PhD for this field? Absolutely. Um, In the nonprofit world and in higher education, when it comes to degrees, at least they're very elitist right mm-hmm. so so they you you are it's one of the must requirements is to any sort of senior position you have to have at least a master's degree often in a, in a director position it is a PhD so that is one of the fields that the PhD candidates here obviously could be attractive to because you're one of the few people that can apply sure, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah you're in demand there. yeah yeah and um, as part of the Master's in Middle Eastern Studies program, mm-hmm. you have to have a language component. Yes. Can you tell me a little bit about that and how, I think you mentioned, that kind of led to your LAU exposure? Sure. Yeah. Um, so one of the requirements to graduate from the Master's program here at the Graduate Center from the New York Middle Eastern Studies program is to have a, a language skill. Because the idea was that you would be working possibly an international or a diplomatic setting and or sort of any sort of it had that cultural dimension to it and therefore you would need the language skill because it's an area studies program and for me I am originally Lebanese but I grew up in Sweden which means that I speak the language fluently but I read as a first grader and for me to graduate I needed to brush up on my Arabic language skills and one of the places that the Graduate Center collaborates with is Lebanese American University for their Arabic language classes. So I was actually taking two summers of Arabic at LAU two years before I even found out about the position and started working there. So I, my first introduction to LAU was as a student. And how did you ultimately find out about this? Idealist, looking online. Really? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Most, I know that statistics are, you know, it's all about connection and networking yeah. and 80% of, of people that land jobs is through someone that they know. But I've never, I've <laughs> never gotten a job through someone that I know. Okay. Because what ends up happening is that, you know, as an, as an immigrant, as someone who, you know, comes from a working class family, who never had anybody go to, to university, let alone getting a master's degree, I didn't have those connections. 
I didn't know anybody who'd done it before. I was the first one. Um, so I relied on the good old cold call resume, <laughs> hundreds of resumes until I got, uh, but it, you know, you really have to take it seriously though. Like you, you have to apply to a lot of jobs to make sure that your resume is professional. You have to make sure your cover letters, you know, is on point. Uh, and specific, And right? specific Ladies and not general. They have to feel that you've cared enough to spend those extra five minutes, you know, fine-tuning it for them. Mm -hmm. So that's how I've gotten most of my jobs. But I think a lot of it, the jobs that I got because of the nonprofit, was because of my multicultural background. You know, speaking Arabic, speaking Swedish, you know, English, French, you know, having this, this background. The composition of who I was as an individual helped me because it also ultimately was a mere reflection of the kind of job I wanted. So it worked very well for me in that sense. What was the uh, interview process like? Uh, for LEU? For your current position, yeah. Uh, my first f uh, sort of encounter was a phone screening with mm -hmm. HR. Uh, after that, I was invited to the first uh, round of interviews, which was with HR. And then <laughs> my second interview was actually with the vice president of advancement and my third interview was and I'm don't I'm not joking was with 15 people <laughs> like a panel yes there was a round table interview where they were shooting wow. questions at me so this is part of that like for four hours really high expectations before wow. I was drained afterwards it was exhausting wow. um but, uh, yeah, I got the job. <laughs> so. And um, so, you know, for a place like CUNY, uh, probably most universities, the hiring process is extremely slow. Also, federal government, they're famous for a very slow hiring process. What's it like for the nonprofit sector? Uh, the nonprofit sector? How long did this take? This about? took about, uh, from my, the initial phone call until I signed the contract, about three months. Oh, okay. That's kind of long, I guess. Yeah. Wow. All right. So yeah. it's good to just... Be, if you are looking for senior level in the nonprofit world, be prepared to have a little patience. Absolutely. And, and, and a lot of it also has to do with, again, uh, the sort of the structure of how these places are set up. You have to go through a lot of the appropriate channels. You know, everyone has to be on the same page, make sure that the president signs off, right? And they're very busy. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it does take, it does take a while. Um, you do have to be patient. So... Is there anything else you wanted to add? I was kind of thinking, um, would you like to add uh, to sign off with some advice to graduate students? Yeah, I think my advice would be the thing that I took the most out of my experience here was, you know, the fact that my cognitive skills improved, right? And that just helped me in life in general. So, yes, careers are very important, but who who you are as a person, right? Like that is what sticks with you the rest of your life and wanting to improve and wanting to constantly learn and be curious and be creative. All of that um, was really fostered here. And I hope that the current students really feel that that's the experience that they got by being here. And so if they get, you know, a, a short-term gig after this or a long-term gig after that, or and they switch fields, the importance is that through hopefully being here that they just learn to be better people. I think that is like the fundamental lesson that I got from here was that I just, that my hunger to keep learning and growing and developing 
never went away for me. And so, yeah, if I switch another job or, you know, which ultimately most people will do, you know, you're still that individual that, that want to keep keep learning and growing. Right, and having these experiences that are continually adding to yeah. you. Yeah. So, so I, I've had this question from my friends before. It's like, you know, what, 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 have you, what do you value the most about your life? And it really is my education because if I don't feel that if I didn't have a higher education, I would have been that same person. Um, and be able to navigate my life in the way that I have mm-hmm. uh, to be okay with things no matter what because your education becomes a shield. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you're not as, as, as fragile, you know. If you lose your job, you can get another job. You have a master's or you have a PhD, you know, and it's, mm-hmm. so. Great. Yeah. Great. Okay. Well, if that's everything, I want to really thank you for coming in yes. and, and spending some time with us to give students advice, and we really appreciate it. Um, and we hope to be in touch soon. Yeah, thank you so much. Sure. Have a good day. Thanks. Thanks again to Alita for coming in to talk with us about her career journey and experience in nonprofits. If you want to make an appointment with one of our career advisors, visit our website at cuny.is slash careerplan. You can also follow us on Twitter at careerplangc. Thanks for listening.